0: Welcome to the King Hero IndyCar Podcast with Kirby and Justin. Kirby, how are you?
1: Doing well, Justin. How about yourself?
0: Energized, Kirby. I'm energized. Yeah, I'm uh, just lots going on, a lot of positive things going on, so I'm energized. Glad to hear. Kirby uh, sponsors South Street Diner, Boston, Massachusetts. Mention this podcast, and the owner Saul is sure to give you a large discount. Uh, provided you can go during hours that it's allowed to be open. <laughs> Neologic Pier. Can't get any more environmental than Neologic. Denver, Colorado. Herb, uh, I'm assuming most of our listeners are uh, waiting with bated breath over uh, comments uh, regarding the shocker disclosure of uh, Marco's uh, departure from IndyCar <clears throat> this this week. But we're not going to start there. I thought where we'd start with, and I'm hoping that you can lend some insight to, is, and it hasn't gotten a lot of uh, discussion or so forth, but it's it's interesting to me that Townsend Bell has been dropped off the regular uh, rotation at IMSA this year by Vassar Sullivan. Do we have to say Sully Sullivan, Kerb?
1: <laughs> I think Vassar Sullivan suffices for me.
0: But, Seems uh, like yeah. you almost have to say Sully Sullivan, is what I gather. But anyways, only whether if it's you're a,
1: only if you're a hip insider.
0: The, oh, and we're not, so I guess no. we're just Sullivan. Exactly. So Vassar Sullivan uh, kind of dropped to Townsend. I know he's probably still going to do the you know like uh, 24 Hours Daytona where they need four drivers and those the longer races, but it sounds like he's out, uh, for the, just the regular routine. Kerb, do you have any, uh, can you, can you fill us in?
1: All I can tell you is that the last couple of years, I think the, uh, the Vassar Sullivan Lexus program has actually been the AIM Vassar Sullivan program. And I did find out uh, AIM and Vassar Sullivan have parted ways and AIM will no longer be a part of the program this year. So it appears that that Necessitated a reset in the program and a reset in the driver lineup. Looks like they've gone with younger, I'm going to presume cheaper, uh, drivers for this year's uh, races. And um, you know they just signed up Zach veach for one of their cars and uh, Robert McGinnis, who's uh, been in the Road to Indy for a few years, and I think will be in the Road to Indy this year. So, so the youngsters are getting a chance, um, as you say. Downs and Bells been added to the program for the longer races, but I'm guessing program reset, younger, cheaper drivers. That's What I can piece together anyway.
0: What do you What do you think of the selection of the Elf as a driver you put in that seat?
1: Well, I, I bet they're wishing they had waited to, a little bit longer because to find out that Marco was available to drive for them. But um, but yeah, it was a bit of a surprise to me. Um, I got to imagine there's lots of talented drivers that could uh, drive that car and um a bit surprised to see if each get it but he seems like a nice kid and i hope he does well
0: i do i don't think the elf brings any money with him does he
1: <clears throat> excuse me no i can't imagine he does um I think that's uh, Sullivan's role here, isn't it? Sully? Isn't that Sully's role in the uh, equation? Well, you
0: can't say Sully because we're not hip insiders.
1: Okay. I think that's James Sullivan's role in the uh, Vassar-Sullivan partnership.
0: Okay. I agree. I think that's part of it. And I assume that GameBridge is no longer supporting Zach in any way. Uh, I would agree with that assumption. Uh, we'll have to watch closely. Uh, in fact, I think IMSA's testing – the same time IndyCar's testing at Sebring, we'll have to look at that car closely if it's their testing to see if there's any game bridge uh, paraphernalia on the car. It's very interesting. So the, the whole coin situation is very up in the air. I mean, including the Vassar-Sullivan aspect of it, right? Because that was always associated with Ferrucci or has been associated past year or so with Ferrucci, uh, Bordet before him. So uh, the whole coin organization kind of going back to the old days of just being completely confused uh, right ahead of the start of the season. If you
1: want to say he's going back to the old days then he's got, you know what, till April to decide on a driver. Um, but I think uh, he's been, Dale Coyne's been reported to have said that he should have his driver lineup done here in January. Um, he's talked to everybody in the world that could have an interest in that seat. And he's uh, seems to be, Confident that he'll have good options for this year. Obviously, the big report this week was Grosjean. Grosjean. Grosjean, um, Grosjean here in, in America, but uh, Grosjean over in Europe. And um, it's a little bit surprised not to see more come of it as the week went on. i speculated before, if you were coming over from Europe with a small bucket of money, uh, I'd be looking at the seat that Hinch is angling for, the seat that Mar- Marco just vacated, um, possibly before I look at Del Coin, and that's... Not because I think that those drives are that much better, but I think if you're from Europe and you've got the Andretti name and uh, people like Alex Rossi as part of the team that you're probably familiar with, um, you know, I would think that would be attractive to people from over there.
0: Agreed. And, uh, yeah, uh, more on that later. Curb, uh, can I switch gears to eXtreme? <laughs> you can. I hope you don't
1: expect me to contribute much but uh, you're welcome to, to bring it well, up
0: well I, I don't know how I, it doesn't sound like you're all that familiar with extreme e uh, it's it's an interesting concept it basically part of its mission is to highlight the environmental plight of areas of the globe by as best i can tell running cars through the the the, the um delicate areas as a, as a means of bringing some attention to the area by kind of destroying the sensitive envir- environmental uh, lands that they, uh, they exist in by running cars through it. Now...
1: Is that kind of a don't-do-this-at-home-kids kind of idea,
0: or what? Uh, it is it's interesting. So they are doing things like, you know, ecological. So uh, the other thing they're doing is transporting these cars all over the globe using a ship... As opposed to, you know, flying them around, uh, therefore kind of, again, it's uh, somewhat uh, dubious reasoning, but uh, that somehow, you know, that's... Are they
1: transporting them on tall ships or something or what? (laughs) Right, Uh, yeah,
0: it's uh no, it's a traditional diesel-powered freighter. Okay. Um, And is uh, somebody shooting at you, Kerb, in the background? I don't
1: know. Not today.
0: I also found it interesting. I mean, they were like, oh, it uses low sulfur marine diesel, but so do all ships now at this point. So it is a bit dubious in its reasoning. The the other kind of politically correct aspect of it is that there's two drivers, and one of them is mandated to be a female. All right. Okay. Now, this is where I uh, found some interesting – I mean – So you got all this. It's it's a politically, you know, electric cars, you know, all electric cars, you know. So it's a politically correct dreamboat, if you will. Uh, Maybe specious reasoning, but you know, anyways. uh, At least in its presentation to the world, it's a politically correct dreamboat. But I curb. I can't help but notice of the two drivers, the two female drivers that I've seen featured. Um, they're both kind of attractive. Really? That would be uh, a Sarah Price and a uh, Katie Cummings. Okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't know if this was Freudian, but Katie Munings is her name. Um, curb.
1: Okay. Rosemary Boyle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. There's a reference. Sixth grade? <laughs> What's that eighth grade, six? I thought. Yeah, maybe eighth grade. Yeah. So maybe seventh it was somewhere in there but that's uh that's quite a lot a long time ago for you uh girls and boys out there <laughs> either way i sit back and i look at this whole thing and it's like yeah you're 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 saying you're being super you know environmental but at the same time you're going and racing in these areas I, admittedly with electric car and don't even get me started on The whole electric car battery and the environmental destruction that goes into making an electric car curb. Don't make me do it.
1: I promise not to.
0: But suffice to say, if you go out and buy an electric car and think you're saving the planet, you are insane. Because you never bothered to look what went into making that thing. Right. (sighs) Sorry, I had to say it. You got me into (laughs) it.
1: And what do you have to deal with after you're done with that car?
0: Well, right. And uh, that's another thing that, you know, we could talk about, but uh, those, you know, there's no practical use for those batteries after they're done now. So. Floating, uh, a floating headquarters called the
1: St. Helena, which will depart in mid-February for his voyage around the world. Five event calendar starts in Saudi Arabia in March, followed by Senegal, Greenland, Brazil, and Patagonia.
0: So this Alejandro Agag, who has uh, kind of been behind this and the driving force behind this in uh, Formula E as well, I don't know if we're all there yet. And like I said, I, I, maybe it's a coincidence that these uh, women are attractive, but maybe it isn't. Curb, what do you think?
1: Uh, it's never a coincidence.
0: And, and by the way, they might not be attractive, but the pictures that they're putting forward make them appear to be attractive. So in other words, they're kind of putting it out there.
1: Glamour shots?
0: They are glamour shots.
1: Well, that, that's what PR people do. Um, but you know it never helps it never hurts to sell a product to have an attractive woman attached to it. So I'm sure that's not entirely by accident.
0: I agree. Uh, I mean and, and let's face it. I mean, if we're being honest with ourselves, let's look at some of these women racers that have uh, achieved some level of notoriety. Danica, obviously, uh, Graham Rahel's wife, uh, Courtney Force, is that her name? It is. Sex sells, Curb. It still sells. Even in this politically correct environment, it still sells.
1: No argument here.
0: Okay. Well, I was hoping for an argument, but you didn't give me (laughs) one, so. (laughs) We'll we'll move off of the extreme, which we can say is an IndyCar-related topic because they're are IndyCar teams that are participating. Kurt, moving on. Did you notice, and, and we really don't want to spend much time on this, that they are doing a driverless IndyCar race in 2022?
1: No, they're doing it this year. What? Yeah, they're doing, um, for some reason, it's been coming up this week in different podcasts I've listened to, so somebody must be trying to push... Push uh, this event But um, I think they said they're going to be practicing During the month of May To get some uh, attention And then they're coming back in October I think for the actual event
0: <sighs> That groan yeah. Is For reasons which I'm sure you can figure out
1: <laughs> I, I, can I have, I'll i take one guess After we get off the air <laughs> uh, uh,
0: Look All this uh, you know, all these people embracing these things, and, and I understand, and look, maybe I'm a dinosaur, I, I, you know, but racing, as we know it, is kind of a dinosaur, and I don't know how you make that transition to something that's not what we're doing now that is in any way interesting.
1: I honestly think it's a generational thing. Um, You and I won't have any interest in what this might become. Um, you know, but your kids, my grandkids, maybe my kids, might have an interest in it, you know. Um,
0: I doubt it very seriously.
1: I I have have no interest in watch. Okay, but I have no interest in watching people play video games. Uh, but apparently it's big money these days. Uh, you know, how the NBA has started a, you know, a video game NBA league. I'm never gonna watch them play, but if that sells, if that's a growing uh, spectator sport today then the kids or the people that find that interesting might find it interesting to watch people sit behind computer terminals and race cars around the track without danger of killing themselves.
0: Forgive me for not being open, as open-minded as you, Kerr, but I just, I can't, I'm not buying it. Nobody's going to sit there and watch... <laughs> 33 driverless cars run around Indy. I mean, it's just, that sounds crazy. That sounds like you're a lunatic. You might as well watch a test screen on a television. Uh, yeah. Hey,
1: look, I, I'm telling you, I can't, I don't understand the appeal. I don't understand, you know, Connor Daly being all over. iRacing and talking on Twitch or whatever, whatever the hell Twitch is, but I hear, <laughs> hear him talk about it all the time. Right. And, um, you know, so I can just see a day when you have race cars that are run on batteries. They sound like roller skate you know, skateboards going by, and there's no driver in them. The driver's in some cockpit, pagoda tower or something, racing those cars around, and they're not in danger of getting hurt. And um, I'm guessing that they might come to that someday.
0: Embrace the I, my my warning to all people uh, around any car and associated with any car. Embrace this at your own peril. You're signing your own death warrant.
1: Well We seem to be good at doing that here in America.
0: True. Why even bother at that point, Kirby, if you're going to go that far with it, why even bother to have a track at all or a car?
1: It could go the way of iRacing. I don't know. I'm just yeah. saying that. Um, that's
0: what I'm saying. I mean, what's what's the difference then at that point? Why have the physical manifestation there at all?
1: I, I, it'd be a lot cheaper to have a, a CIG car on screen than it would be to have a real car on the track. That's for sure.
0: Okay, let's uh let's crawl out of the primordial mud which we're obviously located in. <laughs> right? And uh, try to keep it a bit more current.
1: Try um, try to try taking that conversation and comparing it to uh Robin Miller's retrospective on the 60s earlier last week. <laughs> Just think of the different mindsets. But you know, I mean, you talk about guys that are in these horrible accidents that you know, their hands are practically burned off uh, fingers are practically burned off their hands. And they tell the doctors to put curved pins, curved rods in their fingers. So they'll be able to grip the steering wheel and go back out and race again. (laughs) I mean, just compare that to today's mindset and it's
0: curb. We've teased the DeMarco story. Uh, and now we're, we're through teasing it. We're to the point where we're going to talk about it. Um, it was clearly, uh, I think, uh, probably one of the best kept secrets uh, in IndyCar. Right? That was a, you know, every once in a while there's a, a shocker uh, announcement, and I would I would put that one in there. Um, for those of you who haven't heard, Marco's hanging up the boots for all but Indy in uh, IndyCar racing, and that's was not expected. I have some of my own theories that I've developed, but haven't uh, been able to track down. Uh, how accurate my theories might be. But, Curb, I think you've spent a bit of time on this. Uh, can you please enlighten our listeners with at least some directions they might look for what the true origins of this announcement are?
1: It just seems pretty obvious to me that the funding wasn't there for him this year. The sponsorship wasn't there. You know, I did some, again, some research. I, I remember reading this article last year, and so I went and found it again. But, um, you, you know, know, U.S. concrete kind of came out of the blue and sponsored him uh, at the beginning of the 2019 season. There was an article in uh, in a Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania newspaper um, interviewing the CEO of U.S. Concrete, who just happened to grow up there in the Lehigh Valley uh, in the neighborhood with the Andrettis, and uh, just also so happened to vacation with the Andrettis up in the mountains every year. And he did mention in there, in the article, that in early 2019, Marco had no sponsorship, uh no primary sponsorship anyway. And would he and US Concrete be interested in in sponsoring the car and so they they ended up signing a two-year agreement. As you've mentioned before, these these kind of deals are often dependent on the CEO or a key decision maker in those companies and as it happens, the CEO of US Concrete uh, retired in uh, April of this year, I think, and uh, or in April of 2020 and um uh, so having that champion there at U.S. Concrete, I'm sure, made it a long shot that U.S. Concrete would return and renew their their uh, sponsorship deal. And um, I would have to guess if there was nobody there for him in 2019 and two years later, he's last place in the IndyCar field in the 2020 season, uh, it had to be pretty hard to go out and find new sponsorship.
0: Right, even if your last name is Andretti.
1: Well, I, think
0: Plus, uh, that. <laughs> I think he's played that card for all it's worth. Probably The card's, the cards a little threadbare at this point. Um, and I think add to that um, the loss of the leader circle money that went along with that last place finish. Is, as so often is the case in, in these things in life, Curb, follow the money. They're putting a different face on it, of course, because I don't think they want to say the money wasn't there. But, but let's face it. I mean, uh, Andre's got a business to run there. You know the the whole Ryan Hunter Ray thing. I think is a great example of like you know without sponsor no ride, right? They're not sticking behind Hunter Ray and and giving him a ride no matter what. I mean they had to sign DHL. You know Hinch Hinch is not announced. You know is still not announced yet. It's because they're trying to put together the best bits of sponsorship money for him. So yeah, why why would I mean, Marco has been different all these years, but, uh, maybe it's that that thing has run its course, put a car and pull it Indy, which I, I mean, was a remarkable treatment. I don't, I want to detract from that, but that was kind of it, right? I mean, there was nothing else.
1: No. And even, even at Indy, he sunk like a stone as soon as the green flag fell, did not lead a lap in the race. And, uh, you know, and you look back to even the beginning of last year, it was announced that. He had bought into his car and become a, a part owner of it, and you can't help but wonder if some funding wasn't you know, some funding wasn't needed to to uh, fill in the gaps there.
0: Um, so it you know. this, So that segues nicely into I think how we should probably end the podcast. Curb is is that car available for all races other than Indy for a, a ride buyer, and if it is. Um considering you know coin has you know arguably two seats available at this point um wouldn't you rather have that one uh if you're a ride buyer
1: well was, I would think
0: so it was interesting to me you know i uh the jensen button uh you know uh, comment that you know he was pretty close to doing a deal with aaron mclaren um also kind of had my eyebrow uh, raised a little bit i mean. Why would if Jensen Button's really interested in doing an IndyCar again? Isn't that seat somewhat attractive?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, the Jensen Button thing it sounded to me like it was just more of a, you know, one or one off, two off, something like that. It didn't sound like he was looking to come back and do a an extended schedule or anything. Arrow McLaren seemed to be uh, trying to set themselves up that way last year to run some. I'll call them celebrity uh, appearances, you know, in the third car or something. If you wanted to come back and try to make a go at IndyCar, um, I, you know, especially if you're coming from Europe, I would have to think that that would have a lot of appeal to you uh, more so than Dale Coyne or or uh, AJ Floyd or something like that. The announcement from Andretti, Michael and uh, Marco on Friday, it did say that he intended to stay involved with his Andretti Autosport Entry, which I took, I'm guessing means that they're out there looking for a ride buyer. Um, I, I, you know, there's all these partners on that car, right? There's Brian Herta and there's Agajanian and Mike Kerb and all these different people involved in that car um, that have an investment in it. Yeah, I heard somebody else report that, that, uh, that car that, that Michael Andretti claimed in the uh, um, announcement that that car had full funding for this year and Marco was just choosing to step aside. I came, I, when I got home and pulled up the computer and looked it over again, and I couldn't find uh, any reference to full funding for next year. So I think that's a bit of a, an error on that person's reporting, but um,
0: well, my sources told me that's complete fabrication.
1: Well, see, so there you go. You know, is Hinch definitely going to go to the 88 car? Could Hinch go to that 98 car to try to keep all those investors involved and uh, make them whole? I don't know if, if they got full funding for that car, I would think it would include the 500 and I think Marco could still, you know, Andretti always runs an extra car at the 500 anyway. So I don't think he has to run the 500 in the 98 car. He can always run it in the, uh, the extra program that, that Andretti
0: usually runs. Absolutely. So what it's, is it possible that, uh, uh, gross Jean switches course here at the last second and ends up at Andretti?
1: You'd have to wonder, wouldn't you? Again, all the reasons I just said, I would think that would be attractive to a uh, an F1 refugee. You know, any of those guys that are out of Formula 1 or any of those guys that have been trying to get to Formula 1 that can't make it. You know, I, I think both the Andretti and the, the coin seats should be attractive. You still got Kimball out there, and you got uh, supposedly Pietro Fittipaldi. And, um, you know, a guy like Kimball might all of a sudden become really uh, popular with the remaining teams that have seats to fill. <laughs> if he's got even a... You know, a half to two thirds of a budget.
0: Yeah, I think the guy, the person going to need about three mil, whoever it is. Well, and that's supposedly what uh, Gross Jean Grosjean is uh, bringing in.
1: At Coin, you know, Dale Coin, rather than wasting time finding sponsors, will make his own money and spend some of it on his team. So, I'm I'm betting that Michael Andretti wants more than three billion to run a car.
0: Yeah, but if he can bring some other associate sponsors in, he you know the one per the driver doesn't have to bring in everything. Sure, sure. Yeah. All right, Kerb. Anything else uh, you you want to get off your chest? All so.
1: right. So so no Santino Ferrucci talk this week. No
0: Santino Ferrucci talk this week, Kerb. Okay. All right, Kerb. Let's end it.
1: Okay, let's end it with a uh, uh, rest in peace for Aldo Andretti, the uh, star-crossed twin brother. Uh, mario andretti who passed away a couple weeks ago
0: i think the best way to uh, have aldo remembered is have our listeners go and do their own research there's a lot of interesting stories there Um, and uh, it's a real study in where chance comes into racing and how it makes dramatic influences on on somebody's career well same is true for life sometimes so absolutely i just think it's a reminder of that and uh so those who have done extremely well don't pat don't you know pat yourself on the back too hard there you go all right thanks justin thanks curb thanks everybody for listening we'll see you soon goodbye